everybody. Welcome to the Coach's Journey podcast. Robbie here. This is episode number 43 with the fantastic Allegra Stein um, joining me for the second time. So you can go back if you want to, if you haven't listened already, to the earlier episode that I recorded with Allegra where we get into her journey. Um, we get into why she came to coaching, how she got to where she is. Um, you don't need to listen to that one, um, but but you might want to check it out as well. Um but the reason that I spoke to Allegra this time was partly because Allegra and I uh, love to dance together in a conversation about coaching and creativity and business and all these things. Um, and partly because when I was corresponding with Allegra, she was talking about whether it was time to get a job. And so in a way, the question at the heart of this conversation is how can we be free to do the work we love? And part of the way that we might get to that is by changing the way we work. And, and it's not always how we thought it was going to look. So... Yeah, following on from that first conversation, in this episode, Allegra and I tackle an issue faced by coaches at all levels, which is how to stay creative, how to uphold your values while carving out a viable career. Um, After more than a decade in which she has gone against the grain of coaching industry, um, part of the work she does for coaches is, is and has been called Misfit to Maverick. Allegra is now at a new crossroads. Um, the insights she sa- shares as we reflect on her journey and look to the future will resonate with anyone who has found themselves craving more creative freedom, wrestling with the challenges of entrepreneurship and more. Um, and, you know, Allegra talks about, we talk again about strengths-based approach and Clifton strengths in this episode. And as a high relater um, who, who loves to contribute to what's possible, Allegra is brimming with energy and ideas. Um, as she anticipates this new tra- chapter. Uh, we get into the difficulty of being creative under pressure. We talk strengths. We talk about whether entrepreneurship is for everyone and whether coaching requires entrepreneurship. Um, we talk about why offering something for free might not be helpful and dig into the phrase free coaching session. That's one of the first things we do in the episode. We talk about how co- the coaching industry is weird. Um, and Allegra is full of metaphors and distinctions again, as she was in our last conversation. And one of my favorites in this episode is the difference between running a food truck and being a chef when you're a coach um and towards the end of the conversation we have a really beautiful conversation uh exchange about forming a new partnership and allegra talks really beautifully about how that's transformed her approach to her work to her coaching work to her work for coaches Um, i just love to dance with allegra in a second conversation it's less of an interview and more of you know us riffing on creativity business, uh, launching programs, money and more. We get into that conversation about about quitting and I love that conversation about partnership and what partnership can create. Um, If you're interested in the Coach's Journey community, which I talk about in this episode, Allegra talks about her community, Misfit to Maverick, Run on Mighty Networks and pausing it. And I talk a bit about the Coach's Journey community. Now, if you're listening to this in November 2022, is a great time to join because the November call, which happens towards the end of this month, there's more detail about that at um, thecoachesjourney.com slash community. The November call is open to everybody at the diamond level of membership and above. So you can join for £20, come to that call. And if it's not right for you, um, you can uh, just quit straight away. Um, no hard feelings. That's one of the, we talk about it in this conversation, but one of the, the things I was thinking about when creating the community was how do I make something affordable? How do I make something really flexible so that people can really work out if it's the right thing for them? And also, as we talk about in this episode, so I can get out of having to launch a group program, which is a stressful thing to do. Um, so I'd love to see some new faces in the November call. We have a wonderful time on these calls. Um, it's, it's been really touching to see the community grow um, expand. 
and, and become even more meaningful as time has gone on. Um, so on that note, a big thank you for their ongoing support to Alex Witten, Joey Owen, Alex McIntyre, Alex Swallow, Ken Bruren, and Neil McKinnon. Um, and yeah, but, but, but more importantly, have a wonderful time enjoying this conversation between me and the fantastic Allegra Stein. Allegra, welcome back to the Coach's Journey podcast. Thank you for having me again. It is a pleasure. First things first, have you quit coaching? <laughs> no, I have not. <laughs> although, although we could talk about even the semantics of the question. Oh, I, yeah. There's yeah, so many. That, that phrase alone, there's so many. I'm really into just like parsing apart phrases. You can see, you can see behind me on my whiteboard, it says free coaching session. It's because yeah. I did a mentorship call yesterday and we just even broke down that phrase. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we we talked about this a bit last time, but like for people who haven't listened to that episode or have forgotten because it was a while ago, sure. um, like give us an example with that one free coaching session. Like obviously hold the confidentiality for the for the mentee, but like what? Why was it important to to really get into what free coaching session means? So I the past few years, it's gosh, it's been over two and a half years now. I. I turn my attention towards mentoring newer coaches, teaching. Um, I have a very strong point of view about the coaching industry and how it begins for people. And but along the way, I really I love connecting with and helping kind of newer coaches uh, not get too sucked into the chaos and insanity of of what I call the coaching industrial complex, which we may have talked about before. Yeah, and. So I love mentoring new coaches and helping them kind of get their feet under them and explore that very dynamic and sometimes messy beginning section. So uh, one of the coaches on the call said, you know, I went on this site and I posted like, hey, I'm offering free coaching sessions. Would anyone like one in exchange for feedback? And no one said anything. No one Mm -hmm. chimed in. And so I said, you know, I, I invited her to get very, very curious and everyone on the call, I was like, we're going to, you know, let's remember we are not our coaching. Like it's, let's just get very curious about why would someone not sign up mm-hmm. for a free coaching session? And I mean, you and I can dive into that if we want, but we then talked about, I shared kind of why I think that doesn't work all the time because it can feel very confusing for people. Like, why are I'm offering free sessions? No one's signing up for them. Why not? And I love kind of saying, well, consider this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And let's do it because it's it's here for us. Um, and it's written in big letters on your on your yeah, whiteboard. Like what what because I love it. I love it. One of the reasons I love having a group of of um any any group together who have something in common but a group of coaches yeah. is a great example of it yeah um, because uh, you can like you can do that thing in a way by inviting the group as a whole to get curious mm-hmm. you're showing that this person is not their coaching and you're all looking yeah. together at something and it's just so much in that for the, yeah. everybody um what did the group come up with for why people might not respond to an offer of free coaching um the 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 one of the first things they said is they don't. They're like, well, maybe they don't have the time. Yeah. And that was actually that's something I've been thinking about a lot about, like what what 
this, this idea that people pay us in more than dollars. And um, so we, that was a piece we could talk about, which you and I could dive into more. And we, they, you know, a big one too, that I think they recognize is they don't know what it is. Mm. I mean, those were kind of the two big pieces is the word free. And my take on that is that people are paying us in more than just dollars. They pay us in time and attention and participation. And like, I'd almost rather have someone pay me no dollars, but fully participate and engage with the work than pay me a lot of money and not show up or just not engage with it. Like, I think coaches only have to experience that a few times. Like, oh my gosh, I just got paid. I'm like, great. Are they going to participate and engage and show up? There's so much more to it. So we talked about just the idea of something being free and how it's not really free because there's more to it than that. And then we talked about um, that coaching is not like um, massage. (laughs) You know, like if I said, who wants a free massage? A lot of people would probably say, I'll try a free massage because people just know that service. They understand it. They know what's going to happen. They either want it or they don't want it. But, uh, you know, I think as coaches, um, we kind of start at a little bit of a disadvantage because we're providing a service that a lot of people don't understand or they misunderstand or they don't, you know. And so there's this runway of having to, uh, you know, like explain what it is and what it can help people do and and that I think can feel very difficult, especially for new coaches who are really, really excited about coaching. Like, I just want to be coaching. I just, who doesn't everybody want coaching? And I just want to be like, well, but why, why do they want it? Like, well, you know, and those, I just think those conversations are super interesting. So, so we explored it around that. And um, Mm. so wait, I think you've done, I think you've done like the free bit. Uh, so there's, if you think about the free coaching session, you've done free, which is like, it's not really free. It's just, they're not paying you money. Right. And, and like, I think there's a beautiful thing in there, which is really with every client. Yeah. It's, it's worth probably sitting down and thinking about all those ways we might get paid and which ones matter the most. Yeah. And yeah, there are times when you might want to make a really different decision about money because of another way that you're getting paid, or you might want to you like sometimes money gives you some of the other things like not always as mm. you point out but sometimes money breeds commitment or um yeah. can uh, not quite cause but like partially cause commitment or assist mm-hmm. with it enable mm-hmm. it and sometimes it doesn't and there's all these ways that 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 is true but there are also other ways we get paid and there's definitely reasons to think carefully about that for all of us yeah. I mean, probably not just in coaching and other businesses too and then you've talked about the coat the word coaching in free coaching session which is like do they actually know what it is well not as well as a massage right if you if, if i was going to get a free massage from someone who said they were qualified um or even said they were in training and they were going to come to my house so i didn't have to go anywhere as long as that wasn't weird like i would do it of course i was just having a conversation with someone just before this call about her planning to do she's it's her 12th anniversary tomorrow and they're planning to do a, hoping to do a spa weekend i was just saying I have a massage every like two years uh, in the last six years. And yeah. every time I do it, I'm like, why don't I do this every week? Right. Um, so, but, and I, and I do know that about coaching because I've experienced the magic of it. And so if sure. at the right time, but even then, like, I don't, I know of free coaching offers and I don't take all of them. Right. And like, in fact, I don't really take any of them these days because <laughs> I want to pay like sure. particular people to coach me. That's kind yeah. of where I am. Um. So there's lots of reasons why the coaching bit would stop. Did you talk about the word session? 
No, we did not talk about the word session. That's a great point. We didn't break down that one. I do use a lot of, and and it's fun because I like to play with the name of what it is. A, a lot of times I'll use the word coaching experience because yeah. experience can include, it can be a lot of different things, but that's a great note. Just like we had, we didn't break down that particular word. Yeah, I wonder what would have been different. I wonder, like, I don't know, but a conversation, mm. experience. I love that. I'd forgotten that you did that. And then in the like part of the preparation I did for this call was to listen back to our last call. Yeah. Um, and we were talking about it then. And I was like, I didn't really ask Allegra much about that. I mean, you gave mm. the you gave an explanation a little bit like you did then. That, and you talked a little bit last time about, well, it enables you to put other things into that in the way the yeah. word experience just gives permission that it's not just a session. Yeah. Because right? session is like a, probably a word inherited from counseling i would yeah. guess um i would guess that's why it's a coaching session i don't know that for sure um conversation experience uh intensive uh yeah. free strategy conversation um, what walk. was your your thing the whiteboard thing like a free uh-huh. walk an, an interesting uh-huh. walk uh-huh. you know with an interesting conversation like sure. all of those things would have had could have been the person doing the same thing Especially yep. if they're given a little bit of contract, they would need to do a few sentences of contracting, you know, with that person to let them know they were going to do it in some way. At some yeah. point. And they could have done essentially the same thing and would have probably got different results. Now, I don't, they might have got, I might have got the same result for some of those. Like we don't, because we don't know what's happening for everybody in that group. We don't even know if the group, um, <laughs> the algorithms of whatever platform the group was on showed people the post. Like, you know, you, you never know, do you? But yeah, yeah even that word probably. By changing it could have changed the result. It would have been fascinating. Yeah, I like I like experience too because it I'm I'm a big advocate for getting really creative with our coaching work and how can we make it more interesting and creative and fun and um you know I think about things too of like the container and the content. So a container might be a Zoom call or it could be a walk in the woods. And we could have the same conversation in the Zoom call or the same conversation in the woods. And the one they'll be they'll feel totally different. But the the I like thinking too about well, what's the container, which is usually the logistics. How long is it? Where is it? Where are we meeting? Are we, you know, all the pieces? And then the content is what comes up between me and the person who I'm with. Am I directing more of the content or are we just showing up and saying, well, what are we talking about today? Like I think. It's so neat thinking about the variables of a session and the variables of an experience and how can we turn all those little knobs to design something different for the person who we're working with. And I think that's another thing that can set, you know, my coaching apart from your coaching apart for like that can that can make that experience just more unique, um, which I just always think is fun. Yeah. Yeah, we, at the very end, I think this was—I think this is what it was. At the very end of our last call, one of us said, "I think maybe you heard me say something, or the other way around." Said, "Coach for fun would be yeah. a good business-like name." Mm. Um, so someone else out there can have that, unless you've already bought the URL. Um, no. So, <laughs> Allegra, like people who want to hear your whole story can go and listen to that, or, or uh, some of your story in detail can go and listen to the other episode. Yeah. Um, but it probably, I just realized I need to explain to people who are listening why I asked that question, which you skillfully avoided uh, by talking about passing. You didn't really avoid it. You just talked to, you know, which is, 
have you quit coaching? Oh, got <laughs> because, it. Okay, great. Uh, so for people, for listeners, like uh, Allegra and I were exchanging some emails about something else. And um, uh, I said, you, I, I think you said, shall we catch up? And I said, uh, yeah, let's, but let's record it because that would yeah. be fun. And um, you said, yeah, I mean, we can record it for your podcast for coaches, but I'm thinking of getting a job. Yeah, so, that's right. Um, and I thought that's even better. Like it would be, <laughs> I, it may have moved on by now, but um, thinking about, I like, I just think there's a, it, it made me think that there is an, um, there is a conversation that yeah. I've never heard mm. in the coaching world, which is like, when is it time to quit? Like when it's not right for you, like how do we manage that? Because lots of people start out in coaching and perhaps because of those, um, the coaching industrial complex, some of that weirdness of the coaching industry. There's this mm. like impression that if you show up, coaching will be will fulfill all your dreams, um, and that is because it has the potential to fulfill a lot of dreams for a lot of people because it is essentially a location independent way of doing really meaningful work, which some people make a lot of money from. Yep. And that has and very flexible. So it's like you can fit it around being a mom, okay. just like you can fit it around being a being a backpacker in in Colombia. Um, mm -hmm. And if and you can make six figures in six easy steps doing it. So like, why wouldn't it just fulfill all your dreams in six weeks? Um, and then there's this hard light of day moment of, you know, in my view, most mostly coaching is like it's a hard job. Mm. like it, it, you know it doesn't have to be not fun and it, it doesn't have to be not fulfilling but probably you're gonna have to do some hard things if you want to have success in it right in, in in the way that you're you're sold right and that means that there are a bunch of people who come to it on essentially a false promise and some of those people when they realize the truth want to do the hard work and some of them naturally of course oh i thought this was a, a, a one-way quick ticket cheap ticket to all my dreams they realize it's not that and they decide they don't want to pursue it. And that doesn't mean that all the training they've done isn't really useful for them and they haven't learned loads about themselves and changed and grown. But there isn't really that conversation about when is it time to quit? Um, and so right. um, that's why I asked, have you quit? Coaching? I love it. So here, I think there's a very important distinction that I make that's, that I wanna, I'd love your thoughts on. Because I said to a friend of mine, I don't know, it was a couple months ago, I said, I'm thinking about looking for a job. And she goes, oh, you're done coaching? I thought, you know, or you're going to quit coaching. There is a very, very important line in my mind between the craft of coaching and running a coaching business. Yeah, I do not want to quit coaching. I'd love to get a job coaching. I'd love to get a job doing the work, the delivery that I love most. I love coaching. I love mentoring. I love teaching. I love workshop facilitating. Like I love the craft of coaching. I do not want to quit. Mm -hmm. What I have, what is, what I come upon a lineup is that running a business, making a business out of your coaching is a totally separate skill set. I mean, they're intertwined. I mean, you have, you got to have a good, be a good coach to have a, you know, to sell it. And I, I know that the line is a little bit blurry because, well, to sell our coaching, we have to give the experience of it. So we're coaching, but also trying to sell it. Like it's this whole thing. But the 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 part of it that's like getting people in the room and feeling like that piece has never been what I'm most passionate about. Mm. And I can do it. 
and I I understand the principles of marketing and building relationships and selling and and all of that stuff I have so much experience in but sometimes I just would love to go somewhere and do the work like you know I was talking to someone about this the other day I was talking to a new coach who who recently was certified and I remember this feeling so well and maybe you do too like she'd gone through the certification program and you get an email or you go to the final thing and but whatever happens you're like I'm a coach now right because of either you just decided it which some people do which is great or they go through a certain and they're sitting I they're sitting in their office or their living room or they're walking their dog or putting their kids on the bus and they're just like well now what mm. now what but we're uh, because and I think you 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 captured it because it is marketed as a you get and I've heard this get your certification you can start getting paid but you realize as you put like there's so much more to it and I was so I was talking to this woman about that who's in that position right now that I remember so well and I just was like yeah there's a lot of there's a lot of time that's like unpaid time non-coaching time that leads up to that coaching moment. Like there's a lot of stuff we do to create those moments where we are delivering and in our craft. And it can be a, a very profound split at the beginning, like 70, 30, let's say, right? What? And it would just be neat. I, I would love for more of my working hours to be spent delivering and mm. serving. and. Uh, and maybe fewer hours thinking about how to find and gather and collect the people to deliver and serve. <laughs> I don't yeah. know if this is making sense, but but it's so it's not that I want to quit coaching. It's that <laughs> it's that I'm a little entrepreneurship is hard, you know, and and uh, it would just be nice to not have to think about those parts of it for a little bit, but it has to be the right fit because I can turn those pieces on. Like I have workshops I'm leading. I have clients I'm working with. Um, and just sometimes I wake up in the morning, I'm like, man, I wish I could just go do my craft yeah. and have the people there and just the stuff that lights me up the most and, and not have to think about how to get the people in with me to, to have that experience. Yeah. And, um, this might sound like a weird question, but why do you have to think about how to get the people in to have that experience? Well, I liken it. The metaphor that I really like to use is like a chef in a food truck. I don't know. Have you heard that? Have you heard me talk about this? Uh, you, you, no, you, you, you talked about, told some great stories last time. It's some great metaphors. It's one of the things you do really well, but I don't think you, I think you referenced the food truck, but you didn't. Right. Well, no, you know, the food truck reference was the the artificial niche. It was like volleyball player, retired volleyball yes. players. Yes, okay, with a food got, truck got, 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 got like it, got it. But right. no, you didn't talk about chef and food truck. So I think about it, the, a metaphor that I love, and I do love a lot of them, but one of them that I think about a lot, it's like, there's there's a chef who graduates culinary school, who loves to cook, mm -hmm. right? Loves to cook. I love to coach. Like, I love it. I love the craft of my work. And that chef, when they get out of culinary school, can either go work in a restaurant where they can 
They just go and they just cook all day. Now there are constraints. They have to show up at a certain time. They lose the freedom of being able to cook whenever they want. And they usually have to kind of tailor their cooking to meet Mm -hmm. the needs of the restaurant. But they are just practicing their craft over time. Or that chef could say, well, I'm going to go open a food truck. Right? So that chef, which I think is kind of the equivalent of a new coach saying, well, I want to have my own coaching practice. So they get the food truck. And then that food truck is sitting out on their driveway. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And they wake up every morning and they're like, man, I can't wait to cook today. They just want to cook. That's their passion. They're cooking. But the only, but that getting that food truck out to building relationships, learning about local festivals, getting to the festival, hoping that people line up to eat the food, like that's the, that's the energy that I feel about it sometimes is no one um that that the craft of running a food truck is connected to but different than the craft of cooking in the truck so when you ask like well why do i need to think about the people it's like well because to do my work mm-hmm. to do my work i need i want people in the room with me yeah i can talk about it i can talk like this i can do podcasts and I can write blog posts and I can put up stories and I can create and I can share my point of view, but to do the craft, Mm -hmm. the craft happens between me and the person or me and the small group of people. And, and, but I am also responsible for creating that moment. Right. Otherwise the food truck just sits on my driveway. And I'm just sitting here thinking about coaching, but not doing as much of it as I want to do. And again, I am doing it. I am teaching and mentoring actively. I have stuff happening in my own practice and I get to do this work. You know, um, it is the business side of coaching. I just think can be draining. Yeah, no, I, I absolutely agree. And there was a really nice, one of my favorite bits, actually listening back to our last conversation was, was just this similar distinction around the business and, and coaching. And we were talking about um, coach training. And you were saying how like it's interesting that the business stuff is in the coach training a little bit now, but the, the which is good because people sometimes leave training with a bit more of an idea of what they're getting themselves in for. But the bad thing is it it, it, it equates it it kind of confuses the fact that those two things are different. Mm-hmm. And we had you know I had this great picture in my mind. I was listening to it of yeah this possibility that you can choose to do any combination of those two things. Right, you can have right. a business but not coach. Uh, you know it wouldn't be a coaching business, but it would be something that looked could be something that looks a bit like it. You could coach in theory, but not have a business, you could do both or you could quit both. <laughs> and I guess what you're saying is there is a sense that you want to quit. If you could, you would do, it sounds like one of the things is you want more of your time. Like that sounds like the key thing. You want more of your time to be in the craft and less yeah. of it to be in the business stuff. Yeah. And, and, thinking, yep. and I guess what I'm noticing is for me, like, I, I, this is a really interesting insight for me to have, really, that I it's not so obvious to me that the stuff that I'm doing that is not the craft of coaching has a, so for example, I've been working a lot on my books this year. Yeah. It's not so obvious to me that they are of a, like a lower value to me than uh, the coaching. So that's, that's, I, that's one of the reasons I was asking that. I was like, what right. is it about the other stuff, the stuff that isn't the craft, that has your intuition or your reflection saying, I, I want to be doing less of this. And I, what I heard is it's because really you want to be doing more of the, of the craft well, itself. 
It's interesting because I think about, so what I'm doing now, I think about coaching and the coaching industry all the time. I wake up in the morning and have ideas that I want to share. I love, I'm voxing with people who, you know, read an email of mine and they sent me, you know, I got send me a vibe. We're just voxing back and forth about these ideas. And I'm, I, if I was to get a job, I would probably still want to talk about coach. Like I would still, I love putting ideas out there. I love, it is very much a creative practice for me. It's a create, it's like a, yeah, I just, I can't, help it. I, I, I go and see people, coaches talk, and I just want to help them. I just, and I don't want to stop doing that. Uh, That's, it's an interesting, like. You want to do it more, right? It's basically the thing. What's that? You want to do it more. You want to be. Well, I want to do it more, but I I'm curious that, is there a line for you between what you get paid for versus what you're not getting? Does it all feel the same to you that like, is there any, you know, I'm just curious about that piece yeah. because I also have, you know, this is also not a hobby. Yeah. <laughs> this is a, this is not a hobby. I, I'd like, you know, it is my work and, and I, I, I get paid for it. And that piece of it is just, it's just an interesting, I don't know. It's just a very interesting line between those two things And I'm all about, you know, I'm not money motivated. I have never been driven by financial goals. For me, um, the the getting paid for me is more of a result and not something that I'm aiming for. I very much lead with like, if no one, you know, I hope this is helpful, even if no one ever like buys anything from me or works from works uh, with me. Um, But it is an interesting. For, for others who have that kind of worldview about this craft of like, we just do it because we love it because we have to, because we, we say it because we have to say these things. I do get in curious about that line between like, and it's nice when <laughs> people want to sign up and actually do the work and pay us for what's in our souvenir shop and not just visit in the free museum. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And so I'm, so what's, I'm curious to your, your kind of relationship with that, yeah yeah the th- things that i notice are there's like a there's like an enough thing that goes mm-hmm. on for me so if i'm not doing enough of the kind of like the coaching that i not got into this for but that i now feel is like the best kind of coaching that i do mm-hmm. if there's not enough of that happening then i get a little like then there's a thing going on for me about my coaching business and i like i like, uh, like I want more of it. So it's like, there's an enough piece around that. And then the money, like, I love the money metaphor. I can't remember who I heard it from, that, that money isn't the point of a business, right? Um, but money is a bit like the lifeblood in a body. It's not the mm-hmm. point of the body, but if you don't have enough of it, everything feels <laughs> really weird. Right. And, <laughs> and that's what I think business is like. It's like, it's like, as long as I've got enough money, yeah, then I am actually like, at peace with the stuff that I'm not getting paid for. And then mm-hmm. at the times when I don't have enough, the whole thing mm-hmm. starts to feel weird. Right. Uh, and like, I'm at an interesting point. So for example, and then as long as there's not, as long as there's enough, 
then I'm able to to do things like zoom right out and think about the long game. Mm-hmm. In which case, like spending the, all the if you if you factor into the amount of, in the amount of time that I've spent on, for example, my books, you know, it'll be a while before they if they you know they may never given that time if you try and equate it to coaching sessions they may never pay that back in terms of book sales mm-hmm. but they will be a long game project like i don't know because they could be around forever if i want them to so as yeah. long as i have enough of the coaching that i love the most and the um enough money in the business mm-hmm. I, right like a, like i have done pretty much all of this year although i'll talk about that in a sec um then i don't notice the pressure Mm. Um, but it was interesting at the start of the year I was starting to feel some pressure and it wasn't the money because I had a couple of big projects on that were kind of meant that I knew this was going to be a good financial year for me but it was that a certain type of client I hadn't had one off for a while mm-hmm. like a particular length of engagement it was like I hadn't had a yeah a particular length of engagement a particular type of client and I was starting to think I need to take some action around this and then two of them showed up and the whole so I was feeling really different about my business once those people showed up because there was this type of work I love to do that was suddenly happening again. Right. Now, having said all that, an interesting thing's happening for me at the moment. Like I, I'm noticing a little, like I haven't, I hasn't, those people haven't come. There hasn't been more of those people showing up in the last few months. Um, a couple of people have left my group program and we've just bought a house. And so I'm looking at the future thinking, actually, it would be useful for me I talked in the last episode we did, I've talked about before, really important moment for me was like realizing that I didn't have to keep raising my fees, right? Yeah. I mean, you kind of, like I've got enough, like I've got the money I need. But actually there's this question now that actually do I in in the next stage of my life? Mm-hmm. So I like, there's a lot of, I guess it's it's a live, you know, you putting that question or or, or thing to me, there's a, it's a live question for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I appreciate that. I, I appreciate that sense of the, that when there's enough, we don't, it's like, we don't think about it, but if it drops and when you said, it's like, I feel like your blood pressure drops, like something off. And, you know, I've, 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 I guess I, I don't know. I'm not a, I'm not a fan of that feeling. I don't know. It's just like, it doesn't, I don't like creating with that. It's something about creating with that pressure on it. I've never been a fan of like, it's always been hard for me doing quote unquote launches, you know, where a launch simply meaning that there's a, there's a time that something starts. That's all I mean by launch is like, I want to start a class on this date, or I want to start a program on this date. I am not a fan of how I feel leading up to that date because, because I, because it gets into the, like, it's starting who like that waiting. And there's just something about that dance that has never lit me up. It's, I don't find it energizing or fun to, I don't know. So I've then before been like, well, I'm not going to do any more live. I'm just going to do everything. Everything's just going to be evergreen. People can sign up whenever they want, but then tr- there's no urgency to like there. I think that's a true psychological thing of, but then if you can sign up anytime, then why go? Like, it's just there all the time. <laughs> and that kind of stuff 
you know, so what I try, I just kind of lean back and just keep doing my, you know, but there's these, and I don't know if it's a, a, again, a variable of just being an entrepreneur and kind of holding some of those ideas and principles around work. Um, But just, I've never, I don't know that I've ever truly felt comfortable in that role, even though I can do it, Mm. even though I can do it and I can do it fine. And I've had great years and slower years. Like I don't measure my year by that, but I, it's just that piece of it has never, I don't know, quite felt like the right fit. What feels like the fit for me is the delivery, the actual craft. And again, I recognize that doing the craft is kind of part of the, it's like this weird thing of like, going back to the food truck metaphor, I can go cook at a farmer's market and just give my food out. And that is a form of like doing my craft, but also letting people know that I exist, (laughs) that it's out here and they can have more of it if they'd like. but yeah, I think that's the closest I've come to describing it. It's like it's like a jacket that doesn't quite fit right. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Well, I like um I like the Gay Hendricks distinction, the zone of excellence, zone of genius. Mm-hmm. It's like it sounds like zone of excellence stuff for you is how you feel about it. It's like you can do it, you do it better than a lot of people. People might even ask you for help with it. Right. Um, people like <laughs> or, you know, people admire you for it, but you know it's not the same. It's not, it doesn't give you endless, bottomless energy. It's not like it it in itself creates all this abundance for you. And actually there probably are people out there who love it more than you. And I got that right. feeling I feel the same with you about launches. In fact, I I don't think we talked about this, but I had a similar experience. I was just like I used to do a launch really just once a year for about yeah. for three years. And that launch was the most stressful part of my year. Oh. And in the end, I was, it was for it was for my group program for coaches, which is where yeah. the name of this podcast that's that's the first thing that was named after that name, the coach's journey. Yeah. And, and then I was like, this is hell. What if I could just arrange it differently? And mm-hmm. I've yeah, I've got an open, like a it's good practice. The coach's journey community is great practice for me in detachment because people show up and they disappear. Yeah. Sometimes just disappear without telling me. And mostly they don't, mostly they say, but it's like, you know, it's like really, well, okay, I've decided that I'm just going to chill out about this. Yeah. And that's been fine so far. Although it'll be interesting if a bunch of people leave, mm-hmm. it'll be interesting what happens at that point. Um, and, and it's a really good point that you make. So where I got to, one of the interesting things about how I designed the Coach's Journey community a little by accident is that I accidentally created a little bit of now's the time to try it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm quite not hearing you that hearing you say that now, I'm glad that I accidentally did that yeah. um, because it does mean there is a reason to come along, particularly a couple of times a year. Yeah. Um, that's so for people listening, basically the way, who don't know the basically, the, or, or you might yeah. know, basically the way that I designed the membership is I wanted it to be, I think there's an episode of the show about this. I talked about it in detail in episode like 18 or something there's like a i wanted it i wanted to have a way of working with me that was super affordable yeah so the bottom level membership for the coaching training community at the moment is like 10 pounds a month nice but for that you don't get much right you get you get a bunch of things but but in terms of the group coaching experience which is a part it's basically the, the community is a group coaching experience in terms of that you get two calls a year 
what that means is, and then there's another level, and then there's one where you get to come to all the calls and get some one-on-one time with me. Sure. And what that means is that those two times when you can sign up at just 10 pounds, come and then cancel if you don't like it afterwards, right. that's creates, I'm just realizing that that creates a little bit of that launch feeling without me having to worry because uh, the benefit is like 10 pounds if someone signs <laughs> up and the cost if they don't is 10 pounds. So it doesn't right. matter so much to me. <laughs> um, and sometimes those people come at 10 pounds go up to 20 pounds, then go up to a hundred pounds later mm-hmm. on if they, if they want mm-hmm. to. Um, but it's interesting to have that, yeah, that, that, that launch feeling. And, well, I can hear Allegra. So I'm, I'm, I guess I'm curious then. I'm really glad, first of all, when I was listening to the show this morning that, that we recorded last time, I was reminded of what a pleasure it is to hear the way you think about coaching. Mm. Like the, all those distinctions, all those metaphors. It's like, I was thinking, you know, there's a thing that Allegra is doing here, which is so good. And you also have this great phrasing, which I think, <laughs> you know, which is like, because they are your thoughts. Mm. And you often say like, the, the way I say it is, or the way I think about it is. And it's like, oh yeah, that is a real Allegra thought that we're getting here. This distinction, this idea, this metaphor. So I'm glad that what you're saying is, if you get a job, A, yeah. you're not going to leave coaching behind. And B, yeah. you'll still be doing that. So, and it's interesting. So I then, I knew that you might be getting a job and it was interesting in the, in your story. So the way we got to it, I don't know if you've thought about it in this way at other times, we got into a series of chapters and there was like B-school chapter yeah. uh, where you like tried to start an online business because that's what you thought it was and then and niche down and then you realized that wasn't it. And there was a prosperous coach, coach chapter where yeah. you just dived into that and you did all that serving and the long six month engagements. And then there was maybe the whiteboard session chapter. Yeah. And then, then unfortunately I missed one. I was making notes. I was on the cross trainer this morning. I didn't, I must've missed one. But then the fifth one, we said it was the fifth one was you were about to get a job. And then someone said, you don't need a job. You need a UMAP. Yes. And that oh, was that- chapter oh. five is what <gasps> we said. So I don't know what chapter four was. Someone will have to listen back to the other one and, 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 yeah. and hear it. It's better than I've it. thought about it. So it's awesome. And, and so it's interesting that now we're back and maybe we're back. At the end of the UMAP chapter, um, I don't know, or the 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 what the chapter that you've been in, but you're back yeah. at shall I get a job? Essentially, because it was similar. You said that the thinking, like, uh, and it's really interesting, right? Because we've been talking in that conversation for you about how a rhythm in your life had been a big change every two or three years. It is. Uh, and here we are about then, um, and and there's something going on again. Mm-hmm. Um so last time, it, according to what we said in the last time we spoke on the show. Um, it was, you were thinking, is there another coach that I can help grow their business and then fulfill some of that kind of thing? Is there, a, I, I think you said, is like a coaching school I can work for? Like, mm-hmm. where are you with that now with this thinking about, is there a job? You're not quitting coaching, but I, if you were to quit the coaching business mm-hmm. side of things, what's the job or what might be the jobs that you're looking at and thinking about? And, and are you quitting the coaching business side of things, I guess, is a part of that question as well. So my code, yeah. So my coaching business is still running. I have ongoing mentorship calls that people can sign up for. I have classes that I'm running this fall. Like it, the knobs are still turned on. Um, it's it's, um, and even if I were to get a job, so like working for someone else. I don't know that that stuff would ever fully turn off. Someone said to me, they use the phrase portfolio practice, Mm. where it's like a collection of things. So, you know, even if an opportunity came up over here, it doesn't mean that 
Allegra Stein coaching would completely go away. And in fact, I would probably keep sharing all of my thoughts and opinions and ideas and, and things for people to talk about um, or to have conversations about, like we talked about before, like I still want to have an impact in that space if it would help somebody. Um, so the Allegra Stein coaching business is still here. And you're right. That was in 2019. That was the spring. Do you remember when it was that we had that conversation? We had this conversation in like, uh, the last time we spoke was, I think, early 2020, early okay. 2020, I think, but I am not 100% sure. So there was a whole other chapter that followed from that because at, in 2019, I was very, at the first half of 2019, had kind of reached a similar place where I was like, you know what? I just don't like having, running the business side of this is not. Uh, no, me it, it, sorry, Allegra. It was later than that. It was early 2021. Oh, okay. Uh, so I we had, so at that point I had, I think I opened up um, Misfit to Maverick, which was yeah, the you, community you, you, you absolutely had. So that was going to be one of my questions. You you just basically, I think, right. done that business model shift that you were just talking about. That's right. And so one of the things was, I, you know, I'm curious, like it was, there wasn't enough data really to, or maybe we ran out of time to talk in that, about that in detail. So I'm curious about, as part of this conversation to hear about how that's panned out. I guess that's maybe yeah. where we're going there. That was so that was the chat that was the most recent chapter. Mm. And one, yeah, the most recent chapter was shifting to a membership model and opening up a community space on Mighty Networks, which was October of 2020. So we spoke early 21. So I was probably well, just well, the episode came out early 21. We might have spoken late 20, actually. I, I, I so can't remember. It was right probably at the beginning of it. And I um Misfit to Maverick Mighty Networks was something that I hosted and held for almost two years. I mean, it was just this past June that I entering into the summer season, which is always a dynamic season for me because my kids are home and it's, um, I actually made the decision to pause everyone's dues because I was like, I need to figure out what, like something was, I don't know, something was kind of brewing and I didn't feel comfortable like taking all of the reins off when I was still hosting this space and had members of it. So I said, I'm going to pause your, your dues for the next few months, just so I feel like I'm honoring you know, what your expectations are, but also can really explore and open up what could come next. Mm. And that's kind of what brought me into this fall season of, of, and into the summer of like, gosh, do I, you know, entering back into this phase of, of what could be next for how I show up and do my work. And I'm not, I know you asked that question of what that could look like, but um, I, there was so much I learned through hosting that community. It was, and, and just lessons about membership and community in general, like it's a whole model that you get. I mean, you're, you have a membership based model. Yeah. And it is, I think people don't, it's a it's a whole other, it's like a whole craft just <laughs> i mean i feel like i uh and members of the community will probably agree with this like i i guess i did if i look back on it i did a classic robbie swale thing which yeah. is that i just like did a kind of messy minimum job and saw what happened and they have picked it up like the truth is that I did. I haven't. The coaches' journey community doesn't have a mighty network space, even though I kind of know that. I kind of yeah. like it. I, I got. I got as close as I surveyed the membership, and they said, "Yeah, we'd be interested in that kind of thing." And I was going to use a different platform, and one of them said, "Don't use that platform. It's terrible. Use mighty networks. It's ace." Um, and then uh, I haven't done anything about it. And and part of the reason is 
like I need, I really focus on making all the things I do, trying to make them sustainable. Yeah. And I could just imagine how I wasn't sure how that would get out of hand. Part of the reason is I haven't got around to it. Part of the reason. Where do you host it now? Because that isn't, um, so, so the membership runs through Patreon. Okay. Um, which is a real part of the reason I would move to Mighty Networks is Patreon is a really clunky platform in loads of ways. Um, but, but one of the things that happened was because I wasn't doing anything, they just set up a WhatsApp group. And I said, no, I don't want to be in it because that felt like for a a bunch of reasons, but partly because I find WhatsApp a bit, uh, it's for my kind of personal boundaries, really. I find WhatsApp a bit overwhelming and hard to ignore. So when when I'm on work duty in WhatsApp, that's a bit much for me sometimes but also because i think it's cool like i like the idea that there's stuff happening without me like that's yeah that's, that's great. the point of it um but there is so much in it and like it's weird having a community because it's like it has a life of its own really because it's if it's if it's in any way a real community <laughs> then it, it has a life of its own yeah um yeah and so but uh, it, this also makes me think like just of something i thought before when you were talking about the business of coaching distinct from the craft of coaching, mm. which is that I feel like running, like you talked about what you've learned about memberships. And I just feel like if I was a coach without, but I wasn't doing the coaching business side of things, there was so much learning about myself and about business, but particularly about myself that I would have missed out on. So much of my growth in the last seven years since I started coaching has been me having to face down all the stuff about myself that makes running a business hard. Sure. Um, but you've got to like, but there's time for that and there's time, you know, but that's not an easy thing to do, I guess, is, is, is what's coming up as well. Do you think that entrepreneurship is for everyone? No, that's my response is pretty, my intuition is, is no. Yeah. It's an, it's an interesting thing for me to, too of like, would you say that coaches who want to run their own practice are saying yes to entrepreneurship? I think we have to, we have to do your thing, right? We have to really slow down on the word practice yeah, uh, and, and all those kinds of things. So it depends like if, some, what, if a coach says, I want to have my, if coach says, I want to find my own clients essentially, right? Yeah. Like that's a great distinction. Like that's exactly what's going through of, my mind. Yeah. yeah. Someone's coming out of their certification. Maybe they've, Whatever, wherever they're at in their life, maybe they're maybe they have a job now and they want to start. But essentially, they're saying, "I want to find my own clients. Yeah. I don't want to get a job somewhere where the clients because they're." You asked really quickly about what kind of job. I mean, there are companies out there now. It's becoming more and more prevalent where yeah. they staff coaches. Where you, if you can get hired, potentially. I mean, it's uh, you know. I'm sure there are hiccups all along the way, but if you can get hired, essentially you're just on deck as a coach and you're paired with clients and you show up for the work. And, um, but anyway, a client, a person says, I want to find my own clients. Is that person is just wanting to find one's own clients entrepreneurship well, we probably have to define entrepreneurship, don't we? But right. and, and and some people is an annoying. I get a, on some apps at the moment. There's an annoying advert that I don't like, which says, um, 
your which makes basically it's a you know as all a lot of these uh, video ads you get on apps are yeah. it's a slightly smug person uh, essentially making me feel un- trying to make me feel uncomfortable so I buy their thing and the way this person tries to make me feel uncomfortable is by saying if you if you are required to be there to make money you aren't an entrepreneur you're just self-employed and I'm like well screw you but um so my <laughs> distinction of of entrepreneur like I don't know what the actual definition is I know but if I get interested in because I get interested and I know that you do too I get interested in creativity wherever that's happening right, and right. So that for me the, the spirit of the entrepreneur is the same as the spirit of the creative it's I'm gonna do there's a there's a thing that could exist that doesn't exist I'm gonna create it and that is the same for a writer as someone who starts a business and it's definitely I am going to create my own clients. I'm going to find those people or, you know, the people that come to coaching in my business that are created in that way, rather than, cause I work for better up sometimes. So yeah, I, I, yes, I, of course. So, so I like, I get fed clients by them. Um, and those people would, that that's not entrepreneurial and I'm not creating anything. I'm just showing up. Those people would be getting coached by another better up coach if I wasn't there. Right. The clients in my business are a bit different. Some right. of them it's possible would have found another coach. Mm-hmm. but for some of them for sure and possibly for most of them they either wouldn't have looked for another coach or if they'd gone looking for other coaches they might have chosen not to do coaching like it might right. i know for some of them it, it will be to do with me and right. what we created in those initial conversations that led them to part with the, the hundreds or thousands of pounds that they've parted with to be coached by me right and so there is something definitely more, in my view, entrepreneurial, but certainly creative about I want to create my own, I want to find my own clients. And I guess the the is entrepreneur is being an entrepreneur for everyone. The, the reason I said no to that is like, you know, is this I think this thing we're talking about is that it's not, or 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 that that I certainly believe it's like it's it's not a so the reason that so every, I feel like one of the cycles of the entrepreneur is, yeah. is what I called an article I wrote about it is one of them is boom bust like there'll be some great times right. and some bad times um there are other ones I can't remember what I wrote in the article and one of them is I'm gonna quit this thing and get a normal job yeah and I this I think this is so far this might be the first calendar year of seven uh, or of eight like that I've been coaching in that I have not been through that cycle so I have not this year thought There's you know what I know exactly I know. <laughs> Could happen so far, so good. Like, we'll see, it's okay. gonna be great. We'll get to 2023, and I'll text you, and or, or like it'll be December the 30th, and I'll be like, Allegra, I was wrong. You should do this annually, you should, <laughs> you should put this down and next, and just ch- every year with check, check in, in yeah. But, but that is that is one of the cycles, and I think the reason that's one of the cycles is the same reason that I said it's not for everyone, which is that, like, what is it? It's like, it is a there are some. Huh, what actually is it? I was like, I keep wanting to say it's easier to have a job. And that's mm-hmm. not, that doesn't quite like, that's not complex enough to capture the actual thing. Cause like I've had jobs where technically they were easy, they were secure, but it was not easy to stay in those jobs because my soul was saying, what the hell are you doing with this one precious life you've got? Right, right, <laughs> but, right. So it's right, not necessarily right. easy, but it's like there's a stability that comes from them. Mm-hmm. Or a perceived stability. I guess you could question like how stable a job really is, because 
you know right most businesses or organizations you know if you work for a government agency it can be cut if you work for a business they can go bust um there's a perceived stability which i think is a really valid choice to make yeah so it's like it's not that that those people couldn't put themselves through what it might take for them to start a business or, or run a business or find their own clients or whatever it might be it's just that it's a perfectly valid life choice to want the stability and to not want to have to do the the things that are unstable about entrepreneurship or if you got into it because of the craft and the way we were talking about it's perfectly i think it's a, a incredibly valid viewpoint to say well look i got into it for the craft i only want to do the craft mm-hmm. that's what i want to find i don't like i could like and you're kind of potentially saying it you're saying i can do this stuff i know i can do this stuff Sure. I might choose not to. Now it is worth saying uh you're on the other side, right? So there's there's right. two really different reasons you could be saying I don't want to do the entrepreneurial bit. You could be doing it having never tried because it's too scary and you're afraid. And it's not necessarily the wrong reason. It's mm. still not necessarily the wrong thing to do to not do it. Mm. That's really different to I've done it. In fact, I've done it for 10 years. <laughs> I know a lot about it. I'm thinking about it. I've been through the uh, looking glass or yeah. into Narnia and now I'm back and I'm deciding <laughs> that actually exactly I'm back out and I'm deciding that actually I'm going to choose not to go back in mm-hmm. um, for the next phase and it's like mm. I guess I'm catching that's a different um, thing to yeah I'm not doing it because it, it feels too difficult and I'm afraid which again it's not like being afraid is normal human thing of course um, yeah what, what, well, are you, what are you interesting I mean, I, I think, and I think a lot of, um, I mean, there's without question so much people learn about themselves by embarking on that journey. I mean, I think it's, it's one of many adventures someone can have to say, you know, I want to go, I want to not just create my own clients, but create clients who are paying. You know, I think that's an interesting thing too. I've been thinking about that a lot. Of like, you know, I came up with, this is a bit of a diversion, but I'll just put it on the table. You can pick it up in a minute if you want. But I've been thinking about the challenge of asking coaches to like, can you fill your calendar with free sessions and exploring that idea that people pay in more than just dollars, but sessions that people show up for and participate in and like just cracking open what it's like just to invite people and, 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 and have them want to say yes to these interactions and these experiences with us. But um, there's so much to learn just from doing that, you know, not to mention then getting paid for it and that exchange and how to work that into it, that layer of things. So I wouldn't trade it for anything. And it's it's still there's still so many beautiful gifts uh, from having gone through that and knowing that I could continue on that journey if I wanted to. Like I could like I said, I could keep the knobs turned up. I'm I'm. um and 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 I am looking at it from the other you know side of that experience. Like, well, it's not. Do I want to try it? It's like, oh, I've tried it and I've experienced it. Do I want to continue it? Do I want to continue it in the same way that I have? Um, yeah, because actually, at the start, there's. It's also. It's not. It's not just do I want to try it. It's also can I do it? Mm-hmm. Like that's like so. Because if I think about what are the like. Um, I'd love to hear what, what yours are, but you talked about all the things you've learned. And it's like, if I think about some of the things I've learned, it's like one of them is I can essentially create money. Like I didn't know that 
like for myself, like mm. I didn't know that it like before when I worked in jobs, the way I got more money was to um, get a promotion or move jobs. Mm-hmm. And now the way I get more money is I essentially create some more money. Mm. And sometimes it's like I say, it's money that wouldn't have been, it's not like I'm competing for that money. It's just money that wouldn't have been spent on coaching. Right. That's really changed how I feel about and see money, which is a really important, you know, for better or worse in our world, how you see money is an important thing to think about. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. And so it's like, there's, there's lots in there and knowing, like knowing that we can do it like, with, with a client, like a coaching client or sorry, a client of mine who is a coach, one of the, it always seems, it's a big moment when they know they can sell coaching. Yeah. Versus not knowing yet. Because if they don't, and also for, you know, if we're looking together as two people, as a group, how can this person grow their business? Like how can they get more of what they want if they want to grow their business in terms of paying clients? If, If they've never sold a paying coaching session, like we don't yet know what's going on there. Mm-hmm. And as soon as they've sold one, we know they can do that. And then there's just like, yeah, knob twiddling to get more uh, of the right things in some ways. So yeah, yeah, a few things there Um, jump off whatever feels right. I'll never forget one of my first mentors. Her name is Joyce Campbell. And she was such a, or is such a skilled practitioner and coach. And I'll never forget being on a session with her. And I forget what the context was, but I feel like she was telling me a little bit about what was going on in her world and how she was like, yeah, I could get some more clients to do this thing, but I kind of want to do something different. And I just remember thinking, oh my gosh, like what an amazing position to be in, to just know that you could, if you needed to. And I, again, I forget the all the specifics of the conversation other than she described it as being like a faucet that you can turn on and off. And it's incredible. And and since then, I have worked with coaches who have gotten to that moment where they're like, yeah, I created some clients for this offer, but now I think I want to do another offer. I'm like, let's just pause for one second and just really soak in the fact. I'm like, you've got a faucet. You've got a faucet. The fact that you know that you're, you can just sense when someone's like, "Ah, I could get some more clients doing that, but I don't want to. It's like, just just that moment of knowing you can turn the faucet on and off is really, I agree. It's a very kind of, um, you know, and I, I, yeah, I mean, that's a really cool feeling to get to. Um, yeah. So I just wanted to, to note that (laughs) it's a, it's a neat experience to have. And I don't know that it comes after even that first. Yes. I mean, it happens. Yeah. Yeah. After you kind of get to this moment where you're like, could I could get, you know. Yeah. But. Yeah, you're right. There's yeah, well, there's a bunch of stages probably, aren't there? I feel like there's one after a first yes, a first well, when the first money is paid. But you're right, there is one when you when you see some kind of pattern. And I I, I was I remember one of my mentors, Katie Harvey, who's been on on the podcast a couple of times. People, people can check those episodes out. You know, I remember her saying once, I might have talked about this on the show before, I can't remember. Um that I think this was her feels like a, a Katie story just like when she wanted more clients she got to a stage where she knew she just needed to do some things and those things weren't always the same but usually when she started taking action like she couldn't even see the causality always mm-hmm. 
but usually some clients would start to appear. Mm. And I feel like that a bit in my business. It's like, I, there's a bunch of things that I know in the end lead to clients that at this, you know, for two years, I've been making a quite difficult choice now that um, I'm not going to do that in order essentially to finally get these books done. Right. You know, it's been on my list. It's like, what's on my, what's on my do this year list, get the books out. What's on, you know, what are the things that will stop me doing that? Like pouring a bunch of energy into client creation. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it's quite hard to hold the nerve on that when the, the, you know, with the coaching practice and all the things you said, but if I had done all those things, it would be different. And I don't know that those things, like, I don't know that there's a bunch of people that, for example, I could reconnect with old clients. Like one of the things I used to do all the time is like after six months after I'd worked with someone, I, you know, when I was really focused on growing my coaching business, six months after I'd worked with somebody, I would contact them, gift them, offer them a session or have a cup of coffee with them. And I, I just haven't done that for ages because it's like, I'm saying no to that. So I can say yes to the book. So I know there's those things there. Now I don't know that that would directly lead to those people signing up again, but I now, because I've been doing this a while, have, I think a sense of that embodied confidence that you're seeing in those coaches or you saw in, um, in Joyce. Right. But if I did do some things, probably some people would show up. Yeah. And that's a really, that is a moment, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So Allegra, like, hmm, it's been great to get into this stuff with you, but <laughs> but for you, I'm curious, like, yeah, what's the, like, what's the opportunity that you would like love to show up? Can you imagine it? Like what, what would be the perfect thing for you? I would love, I think I'd be really excited to find an internal role with a organization or group or company that was doing some kind of coaching or teaching or development um, where there was a, 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 a really solid values alignment, really creative, interesting people who were looking for people to deliver on the experience that they're creating for whatever, you know, larger organization or company or group that they're, that they're doing with and, and to be in those creative conversations, but also be on a bench of people who gets to just focus on delivery. Yeah. And I, I, I think that would be, you know, my lifestyle. I, I still have hours that I want to keep. Um, I'm a little more flexible because my kids are older, so I don't have to be like at the bus stop at the right moment, but, um, there are still some cons- lifestyle constraints on my time that are really important to me and which I want to prioritize. And I like being remote because I, you know, it's for all different kinds of variables, but I appreciate, I see more of those opportunities out there. It's really fascinating to see what kind, just to kind of explore and see and something that's been very interesting for me. And this is, um, you know, is like, it feels like a unicorn, quite frankly, when I think about finding a role or an opportunity that is the right fit for who I am and what I do and the, my experience and all the things that I enjoy most about my work. Um, but then sometimes something will cross my path and I'll be like, oh, that exists? Mm. Like that's that's a that's a like job that someone gets. And like I haven't 
looked at that in such a long time that I'm trying not to, um, I'm open to being surprised about what is possible out there. And I, I know there are some very creative dynamic groups that are doing some really cool stuff. And I was like, man, it'd be cool to just do stuff with them. You know, one of the things that happened that I, I will share, and, and I'm curious your thoughts on this too, is, you know, I'm a big fan of strengths work and we've talked about this before. Mm. And um, people, people, again, we, yeah, we had a good chat about Clifton strengths on the last, yeah, last big time fan. you're on the show. And I still teach it. I just did a workshop on strengths for coaches. Like I'm, I just love strengths so much. And uh, that's one thing that hasn't changed. Yeah. <laughs> I'm still a strengths advocate. But this past fall, so I think I mentioned this summer, things really got kind of turned down. And as I was coming into the fall, I'm like, well, maybe I want to find a job. And um, I have this colleague, her name is Catherine. She's also a coach. She's just very skilled practitioner as well. But we talk a lot about business stuff. And I was expressing to her, her background is in like marketing, right? And, and how to talk about things in a way that just makes sense and clear. And, you know, I was sharing with her. I'm like, so I had this idea, like I'm an ideator. I woke up, I'm like, you know what I want to do this fall? I'm going to want to teach some classes. I'm going to teach some classes. But this, this wall came up of like, but I don't want to talk about, like, I don't want to think about the strategy of (laughs) talking about it or telling I just that's the kind of stuff Robbie that I just am like I don't want so I was telling her about it that is the kind of stuff that comes very very naturally to her Mm. and so we partnered up and we've been like it's the first time in my coaching practice and I'm curious if you've experienced this where it's like we said well what if we did it together and all of a sudden we're and it's a project, it's a grand experiment. Let's see what happens if we just try and put these classes on together and I'll do these parts and you do these parts. And as long as it's fun and easy, we're great. Let's just check in all the time. Is it fun and easy? Yeah, is it fun? Yeah. And something really insightful has happened where it's like, God, it is really, really hard doing all these things by yourself. Yeah. Because to run your own food truck, to have your own business, and to be a good cook. <laughs> requires wearing a lot of different hats. And I do think it's a lot to ask of oneself to be, not just be good at, but to enjoy all of the parts. And there has been something transformative around partnering with something equally, like both being excited about bringing an idea to life, but very naturally looking at it from different angles that complement one another. And, um, and I just want to put that out too, and get your thoughts on it. Like for anyone listening, like, I just want to acknowledge that creating a coaching, all the parts on one's own is a lot to ask of oneself to kind of be good at all the different, there is something, and I'm very grateful. And her and I talk about it all the time. We're like, oh my, it is so nice not doing this by ourselves. And I don't even mean like hiring an assistant, even hiring an assistant. It's still coming from me kind of saying, hey, would you please do this? It is a true like equal partnership. And I just want to, you know, give her a shout out because what's happening right now is very much the synthesis of, of, of kind of not being isolated and also 
finding someone who you can kind of share a vision with, but you both come at it from different angles that actually complement one another very well. And it, it was funny after this last class, I was like, you know, was the stuff you did, was that easy and fun for you? She's like, yes, I was worried that this, I wasn't doing enough. I'm like, are you kidding? It's incredible what happens when we both just say, well, this is easy and fun for me. Well, this is easy and fun for me. And it works together to create these really cool outcomes. And um, I'm curious if you've ever had that experience. Have you ever part, like legit found someone to co-create something with that you're both in on and you're both excited about, but you bring different strengths and skills into the mix? Yeah. First, the first thing, I mean, a couple of things in there made me laugh. One is, uh, what, what's your, what's her, Catherine? I, I yeah. just I just feel like you might have accidentally like got Catherine like lots of leads from coaches <laughs> who, who who would like like to like to want to do the the craft but not the other bits like I don't know obviously that might not be how that one works. well but just, what's but cool funny. is she is really really good at the craft too yeah yeah and that's another thing she's really good at the craft and I'm good at the other bits and that's been another kind of piece of it too is we can yeah. kind of it's not like we're speaking different languages and we don't get it. It's like, yeah, I can... and it's not completely separate either. Like that's the no. thing that, that, I, that I'm missing. So, so the other thing that made me laugh is I still think it's a, uh, it's like massive empathy limit for me. Like I, there are some things that I find trying, difficult, mm-hmm. annoying, and mm-hmm. I still find it like, I know the theory that, that other people like doing those things, but no matter how much they tell me that they do, like I can't really believe it. I um, know. And so so like I love that story for that. It you know, it made me think of a few things. And one of them is is that a friend of mine, uh, Mike Toller, again, listeners will have heard me talk about this a bit before. You know, we so five years ago, it's <laughs> a funny story. This <laughs> is like this is the magic of this stuff, Allegra. Like five years ago, my coach at the time, um, had listened to an interview that Tim Ferriss did with a woman called Debbie Millman. Now, mm-hmm. Debbie Millman is an amazing woman. She's very interesting. She was a like world-leading brand consultant, basically. Right. So there was a time when if you went into a supermarket in the in the USA, like she'd have had a hand in half the products right. that you would see in there or something like that, maybe even more. And um, in that episode, she gives this amazing exercise called a five-year or a 10-year plan for a remarkable life. Mm-hmm. And my coach at the time, Joel, sent me this exercise, which was is essentially just to, to think about your ideal future average day and to write it in as much detail as possible, start to finish. And the great, my favorite thing about the exercise is if you write it start to finish, all the detail and the big things just creep up on you. Because you start by writing, I open my eyes, and then mm-hmm. you have to write what you saw. And then like one of my clients opened her curtains and there were trees there. And that's how she found out that she didn't want to live in the city forever. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Cause it's like, she didn't sit down and think, what do I want in the future? Oh, I want to live in the countryside. Cause that's hard. And I don't know, but I know that when I open my curtains, I'd love to um, see trees. And that right. for her in the end meant, meant out of the city. And it's a little bit like what you said about um, if I, uh, if like you describe the ideal opportunity and then suddenly you start seeing the like maybe not that exact thing you described you described about what you'd love to do but across your path will come these jobs that you wouldn't have looked at before or these roles right. or LinkedIn and it's like or someone will mention something you'll be like oh you know that's not exactly the thing but that's got like 98 percent or that's got the whole soul yeah. of that thing I described to Robbie even if it's got a different detail 
Yeah. Um, and in my plan for a remarkable life, which was written uh, April or May tw- uh, 2017, so it came up this year. And at the moment, and Debbie Millman says in this interview with Ferris, um, be, she always she used to do this for master's students that she used to teach. I think she would say like, "Be careful what you wish for." Right. Um, and five years on, I mean, like this is hard hard to believe stuff. Like the visions, twenty seventeen. I said we would have a little girl who I would get up with first thing mm-hmm. and toddle around. Well, my wife stayed asleep, and we would toddle around the place we lived, and we would. Um, you know, have funny little games and funny little conversations and have breakfast. And that's what I do half, half the week now. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, I'm, you know, we missed our big house, you know, by about six months, but we're about (laughs) to move into that house. And, um, funny thing about looking at this house that that we've bought is in this vision, I think I step, I'm pretty sure I step out onto a balcony. Yeah. We go to this house, right? We look around it. It's this really weird thing in it. The, The master bedroom has these balcony doors that lead to nothing. So oh, it's a bit wow. scary, but it's like they, the, someone, whoever did that extension, the last people of the people before had the vision for the balcony <laughs> and haven't time. finished it yet. So it's like, we can do that. But in this vision, I had this vision of partnership. Mm. And what was really interesting as the five years came up is Mike and I were doing this work and like I hadn't thought about it deliberately, but accidentally we'd got into this place where we were yeah. doing a lot of that partnership together. And what the, the reason I kind of, I think I caught that thing that you were talking about with Catherine where you can do both things, but there's complementary pieces. Yeah. Is is kind of how Mike and I worked. There was this funny, um, some funny moments where like one of the ways that we struggled a bit to work together, but also it was really beneficial is like Mike is a really like, maybe it's because he does some psychotherapy with his coaching, but he, he is a really like, it's totally on the client to do whatever they want to do at any time. Mm-hmm. You know, really like, it's their choice. It's their agenda, all that sort of stuff. And in my style is a bit more like, well, sometimes it's my <laughs> job to give the client the feedback that no one else would give them. Right. And this thing, you, you get this if you're my client. It's like, I'll say it in a nice way, but like I've noticed that you've showed up 10 minutes late for the last three conversations. What's, a right. What's up? Right. You know, whereas Mike might just let that slide or much more. So it was really nice when we, we were doing the work, you know, with our client, they weren't showing up. 10 minutes late well some of them were but you know it's a different thing we were running a group program but like it was really nice to have that it was particularly in the managing the business side of the partnership yeah. that it was really good to have two uh, like you said aligned values similar um similar some parts like a not a mutually exclusive skill set some overlapping stuff but not um completely overlapping definitely parts of the teaching the the structuring that we could take on differently um and including in the way we manage the business side of things so that was a really again it's like a bit like can um it's a big kind of thing for me because it's like a bit like can i run a coaching business um it's a bit like choosing not to run a coaching business knowing that you can versus knowing that you can't like knowing that that kind of partnership can exist then makes all the decisions about partnerships different. Yeah. I don't know if you've ever done that, but done this, but if you can get Mike's full 34 strengths and your full 34 strengths and see, you know, Catherine and I did this a couple of weeks ago where I'm like, cause we still are like, how is this working? So like, what makes this, because I wasn't looking for it. It wasn't, that's what's so, interesting about it too. Like someone yeah. might be like, I want to work with someone. It's almost like 
And you and Mike had this relationship beforehand. Like there's this groundwork that's laid in partnerships like that, Mm -hmm. that you almost can't just go find because it comes out of this shared sense of values, sometimes shared experiences, sometimes shared stories, knowing each other, all that to be said, we looked at our strengths together and it's incredible, both what lines up, like so many things are in the exact same spot, but there are four or five. Yeah. That's like number four for her and number 26 for me. And it's like, that's it. Yeah. That it's fat. It was so so fascinating to hold those two lists up. And I was high. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is, this is your 16, my 17. This is your 20. This is my 21. But then there were those few. And now I can just see it. I'm like, this is exactly what, this is why this moment's working. It's because you're seeing it in this way and I can't or vice versa. And I mean, it's really, really fascinating. Yeah. If I hadn't told the story about Mike, I would have told the story about my friend, Nicole Burgandy and, and she and I, we used to do some strengths finder work as well, which is partly why we did that thing that you've just described. Yeah. And when I looked at like, I don't remember all of them, but like one of them was is it, is it called recognition or what's it mm. called? Mm. Um, there's one which is about like, I love, basically there's an element of which, which is like, I love certifications. I love like the stamps like, that show, do you know what, which ones, what's that one? It might be input. It could be learning. What? No, it wasn't those two. Anyway, there's, there's one I'll, I can, I'll, uh, I wonder if I can find it. Um, maybe self-assurance or command. Maybe I think command was higher on Nicole's than mine, but there was this one that was like, um, Exactly like you say, we had some in common, but there was, a, you know, some that were like top of hers, bottom of mine. And yeah. it's so fun to see that. And it's definitely how, why, like, as soon as you've seen it, you can see why the, like, why the, what you call it, like the tension in the partnership creates new things. Yeah. But it's like, you need both Nicole's, like, interest in, like, her career reads like, um, you know, her career is full of the things that I wish I had on my CV. So I felt like I belonged as a, as a kind of corporate coach, it's like famous charities, famous consultancies, all these things. And mine says nothing. And so we get this nice, like pull between that kind of thing and the knowledge of the inside. And in our case, and from her and that sense of this is how it works. And then the, the kind of for your word, like the more maverick side thing that I yeah. bring, which is like nothing to do with that. Um, but but here we are. And that, that was a lot of fun. Yeah, it's super fun. So I want I wanted to share that for those kind of that that it because I do think it it um I don't know, there have just been thoughts of like, how could I ever do this on my own again? You know, yeah. that's another thing about it too. And mm-hmm. remains to be seen. I'm very high adaptability. I'm not I I tend to take on work in like chunks projects seasons so i know what i'm doing this fall but then it's like i don't know what i'm going to be doing in at the beginning of 2023 like it could remains to be seen but that again is a reflection of my values and how i mean other people might be like that is how do you not know yeah yeah i guess i'll I, find out I, when i get there ask me james have you job searched gallup are they are they hiring <laughs> strengths coaches <laughs> I, I i poke around sometimes <laughs> I got my, my biggest thing. I will, this is a fascinating thing too. Is like 10 years working for yourself. I don't have like a current resume. Like it's, <laughs> that is honestly, cause yeah. so many things I'm like, that's cool. And I'm like, I don't, even if I wanted to experiment with what it would be like to apply for a job and maybe get an interview, it's like, 
I guess I need to pull a resume together. So that's kind of at the top of my list of to do's. If I really want to, you know, I have some, you know, you can have conversations with people on opportunities surface without having a resume. Don't get me wrong. And I have, you know, little pots boiling just from relationship building. Um, And sometimes I see something super interesting and I'm like, huh, I wonder what it would be like just to even talk to a person about that role, but you have to send something. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I was talking to somebody just earlier on today um, about CVs, resumes and how it's like a, like it probably made, it probably was like a, it made sense when careers were different, but now what we need is some really smart, um, engineer a developer to build like some kind of 3d experience involving <laughs> lots of different overlapping flowing yes. lines which tell actually because which t- which actually tell you about a person not yeah. not like a list of things in chronological order which is oh which gosh. doesn't somehow doesn't quite capture um a living soul well i've said i'm a i'm a verbal processor it's easier for me to talk stuff out than it is for me to type them out yeah. and so i've said to myself i'm like i just and i know someone I, out there could do this, but it's, I just want someone to sit down with me and just inter- just ask me questions about all of my, just ask me all kinds of, and just let me talk and talk and then come back with a template of like, okay, here you go. Here's, here's the master kind of list of things you've done and the bullets and the blah, 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 blah. And, you know, anyway, I know there's a person out there that does it. I just haven't, I haven't gotten to the point where I'm ready to take that step, but it is in the back of my mind. I'm like, oh, I'm going to do this. Yeah. Yeah. Well, who knows, Allegra, maybe knows? a listener to this show will either just give you the job that you described or they will say, it's me. I'll speak to you and write your CV. Um, well, and it's interesting too, just, and then I know well, we can wrap up because my dog is getting restless back there. You might be able to hear her. No, disappointingly but, um, not. I was saying to you before, just before we switched on the recording, there haven't been enough pets making an appearance she? on this show. Uh, people on the video can see that beautiful dog. Oh, That's wow. Penny. Hi, Hi Penny. Penny. Um, I was going to say really quick, another interesting thing too is looking at, because before I was a coach, I was a teacher. Yeah. And I miss, I love teaching. I just love, love, love teaching just the art and craft of teaching, you know, and um, it's been super interesting just looking at like, what is the current state of teaching? There are lots of virtual and remote teaching things like just trying to figure out what, who are you if you remove the title Yeah, and like more things become available when it's like, well, what if it's not coaching I'm doing? What if it's facilitation or teaching or workshop development or, um, I don't know, like it's, it's interesting kind of removing all the labels and just kind of putting all of my skills and experience and interests back into kind of the same soup and mm-hmm. being open to like what that could look like. And it might look like something I'm not at all expecting, but yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Um, if we were to speak in a year's time, mm-hmm. what's like, what's your intuition about, like, what do you know about what will be happening then? I will hopefully be continuing to enjoy my family and my kids will be a year older and I'll still be enjoying reading and painting and doing some artwork and hopefully helping people and sharing ideas. And, um, taking things as an adventure and not knowing what's going to happen and trying it anyway. And, um, 
hopefully putting stuff out in the world that helps someone if they hear it. I hope one person hears this and it helps them in some way. That's that's kind of my thing. I'm like, if one person hears it and it helps them in some way, then that's what I'm, that's how I try. And that's the spark from which I create and just kind of put stuff out. It's like, you know, that's all I know. (laughs) I love it. I love it. And I'm glad you put in the, the having ideas. Oh, well, uh, in, I haven't. Into I... That, uh, because it is a thing that, that stands out for me about speaking to you. And I think um, people who do listen to you, coaches who listen to you, will only like one of the things that they will really get from you that I don't think, you know, people don't get from me in the same way, for example, is, is this set of distinctions and ideas mm. and metaphors. Mm. And um, when you listed the things that you were putting in the bucket, if you take the labels off, you didn't actually mention that. So, yeah. I, cause I'm really curious if you were to get a job somewhere, you yeah. know, uh, w- where I like, it, I'll be fascinated if that is the next phase for you um, yeah. to get more, like whether the, whether that idea is like you said before, it happens. I'm sure some of it will continue to just overflow out of you um, on your podcasts or, you know, with the clients that you keep going. Yeah. I wonder like if I, was employing you in an organization which I had, I would be wanting to harness that bit of you on behalf mm-hmm. of an organization as well because it's it's really fun to to experience. I am um, I love I I yeah I love creativity and I love contributing to what's possible. And I I mean ideas are just I I I'm what could we do? Oh, we could do this, we could try that, we could do this, we could do that. I mean that's one of my favorite that's what I love doing on my coaching calls now. A coach will be like, well what should I do here? Oh well we could do this, you could try that. And um I I I would hope to be doing more of that too, you know, and and helping other people try new stuff. I'm a big fan of that as well. It's like can I help someone go do a thing that they really want to try and do? Um, and what container or package that looks like, whether it's something that I've created on my own or it's an opportunity I find somewhere else is, uh, I guess, remains to be seen. Yeah, That's the beauty of life. It's the beauty <laughs> of life. It is. It is, Allegra. Thanks so much for your time. Thank uh, you. Thank you for having me again. This has been awesome. Total pleasure. I think we're on like, uh, I said this last time we spoke, uh, on on your podcast, I said yes. we're on like a like a three out of three record for great conversations, or four out of four. Okay. I think we're on four out of four or five out of five now. Yeah. Um, we'll put links to you and and all that kind of thing in That's in the right. show notes. But is there anything that you want to share with listeners before we go that we haven't said? No, I mean, I my stuff is all over at allegrastein.com. You can find me on Instagram if you want to come say hi. I'm 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 a high relater, so I like getting to know people. So I'm like, who's the one person who's like, oh my gosh, I had an idea. I'm like, what did you hear? What do you want to? please let me know, let Robbie know. And, you know, we'll stay connected about all of it. But I, I always, I'm always interested in what blooms from the seeds we plant. So. Yeah. So yeah, I like know. Thank you. Um, thanks so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. Hello everybody. Robbie here again. And thanks so much for listening to that conversation between uh, Allegra and me. Um, 
just a couple more things before you head off to the rest of your day. So one is, um, they're all about how to support the podcast. So if you've enjoyed this podcast um, and want to support it more, there are many ways to do that. One is you could rate or review the podcast on Spotify or iTunes. I always feel a bit sad when no one's rated it, when I check and realise no one's rated it since I last checked six months ago. So thank you for doing that for those people who occasionally do give the show a rating on, on Apple Podcasts. You can rate it on Spotify now as well, um, write a review, um, or more, even more valuably, share it with a coach or a group of coaches who you think might be interested in learning about how coaches got to where they got to and the kinds of ideas that Allegra and I spoke about today. One of those ideas, of course, was the Coaches Journey community. And as I said at the start, now's a great time to join the community if you might be interested in me being your coach, um, receiving coaching from me, connecting to a load of other coaches who are who are passionate about this work and want to thrive as coaches and grow their businesses. Um, uh, you know, really thinking about both sides of things. How do I do the craft of coaching and how do I build a coaching business? Um, you know, and you'd like to support the podcast. A way of doing all those things is to join the Coaches Journey community. And the November call is open to people at the £20 a month level and above. So if you pay £20 a month, um, you, you can come along to this call. And if you don't like it um, after coming to the call, you don't feel like you want more, you can just cancel. And no hard feelings, um, as I talked about in the episode. Um, it's one of the ways to make it that that I wanted to make coaching as affordable and flexible as possible. Um, and if you'd like to support the podcast financially, but but joining the community isn't something for you, you can also become a supporter, um, where you pay a certain amount of money every month from as little as £5, pounds, um, and uh, that goes towards keeping the podcast going and helping it reach more people. So you can become a member of the community at www.thecoachesjourney.com slash community, and you can sign up for both as well at patreon.com slash the coach's journey that's where you can become a, a community member or a, page, uh, a supporter as well so i uh, hope you have a wonderful rest of the day hope to see some of you on the november community call um but in the meantime yeah until next time you join us on the coach's journey mm-hmm.